We are parents, teachers, and educators. And like you, we're passionate about restoring our culture for Christ. This is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Hello again. I am Marlon Detweiler, and you've joined us again for Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Today, I have with me two of my favorite people, my wife, Laurie, and Bob Cannon. Dr. Cannon is the headmaster of our online school. I drew a blank on the term there for a minute. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, today, we wanted to talk to you about a relatively new phenomenon called educational scholarship uh, accounts. And it is an idea that uh, has been brewing for a long time. Bob, you have a little historic context in that. I do. Actually, when I was in graduate school at the University of Pennsylvania 25 plus years ago now, I remember sitting around a table. In fact, I can see it in my mind's eye where we were having a conversation about the idea of school vouchers, or even if we didn't call them vouchers, was there some way in which private education might be funded in the way that public education is funded? And we just wondered, are we ever going to get there? Because it wasn't the first time that such a conversation was happening. It had been on the table for some time, even at that point. But we all wondered, is it ever going to actually come to pass? And here we are. Yeah, here it's we actually are. Happening. There are 14 states that have enacted laws in recent years mm -hmm. already. We don't know how many more in the works. We try to stay up with this, but it's a constant moving phenomenon. But there are 14 states that have ESA laws on their books. We are working very closely with a number of those states already. But Bob, I know you've got that list of states handy. So for those of you listening... Uh, listen carefully to see if you live in a state where an ESA account is already a possibility. I put on the readers so that I could see my list. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll through this quickly. The list is Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, Idaho, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Hampshire. Both Carolinas make the list, north and south, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. What that means is those states have enacted laws and they're not uniform. So we can't talk to you about a given uh, all of those states and what they're doing. But they are doing things for the most part that are allowing people to have funds available to them to take those funds and apply them to an educational choice that they might make. A state might provide, you might have the ability to go to a private school. You might have the ability to homeschool. You might have either of those things as possibilities. In as best we can tell, virtually all of those states, it doesn't restrict things with regard to Christian education or homeschooling, and, but it varies a lot. And so you'll have to look at, at those arrangements for any given state, and you can feel free to call us on our service line uh, to our call center, and people can help you get the information that you need. Bob, talk to us a little bit, and Laurie, you too, <laughs> about uh, the things that we have been able to work with so far and what we see happening. 
Laurie, may I defer to you or would you like me okay, to speak well, first? I, mean, I can start and you can hop in here. But okay. one thing I tell you is um, if at first you look at this and you go, oh, I don't think there's any way that this will ever go through, don't give up because I can't tell you how many families thought they weren't going to get the money or thought it couldn't be used towards something like live classes or self-paced courses or some curriculum that they wanted only to find out that it could, we they just needed to know how to navigate their way through the system. And so- They are dealing with governments. <laughs> right. And so when I first read all these um, new laws, I got to tell you, it was really confusing. And it's all these legalese that you just kind of throw your hands up and go, is it worth it? But I can tell you it is. I mean, I was just talking to a Florida mom the other day and she was encouraging a friend of hers to apply this year who homeschools because she receives the $7,500 per student that Florida offers. And so, and she was shocked at how easy it was to do. She had to wait a little bit to get approved, but then she had those resources to use to choose how she wanted to homeschool her children. And so um each state, like Marlon said, is different, but we have families that are using it and navigating with it. And it's really exciting to think that we're not having to pay for education twice um, in the sense through of our tax dollars and then right. again through. Uh, and then you can't use a it. And, and it's, um, you know, been one of those things that's been really, really helpful for families. And I see families that would have had absolutely no way of, let's say, taking live classes. It just was not economically feasible for them. And now I see them being able to do that. And that's really an exciting thing to me. Bob, what have you uh, observed in your interactions with people seeking to apply ESA funds to uh, our curriculum and our I yeah, I have talked with a number of families who have been able to leverage or who were looking forward to leveraging these funding sources. And hands down, across the board, there there really just isn't any other story to tell except that they're excited that this is available to them. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there are some people in the audience who, when they hear this, are going to uh, do kind of a double take when they heard Laurie say $7,500. That is an enormous assistance to a family. Now, not every state right. that we read off the list is going to give that kind Florida's of support. Florida's a good one. <laughs> it is. Arizona. And actually, Arizona is another example. So there are states that actually have gotten to that point. And I would expect, I think we all expect that in the same way that, as I said, 25 years ago, we were scratching our heads wondering, when is this actually going to happen? There's going to be a continuing emergence of other states joining this list. I think that's all our expectation. And even those states that are on the list now, while they have certain practices in place today, our hope, and it's a loose expectation, but... Uh, we'd like to think that these states are also going to increasingly recognize the value that comes out of supporting private education. So this is only going to get better from here. One of the things I think that is really important to make clear, because I've had to answer this question a number of times, is this is not like charter schools. Charter schools still have to stick to public school standards. So what I mean- They are, in fact, public schools. Right. 
So what I mean yes. by that is if you're in a classical charter school, you will not see anything Christian in the curriculum. Um, I'm, I've gotten to know a headmaster really, really well who was at a charter school and you know, he just now he's at a classical Christian school and he is blown away by what, as he put it, he realized was missing because he wasn't able to teach children the truth. So, you know, we want you to know we're not changing our curriculum. This is what I get asked. Have you had to change your curriculum in order for people to use this? Is it like a charter school? The answer is no. Um, Veritas's or anybody's curriculum is the same as it was. It is not meeting new standards in order for these funds to be applied. And again, even some of those things might vary state by state, but there, there was a ruling and I wish I were conversant on it. Obviously I'm not a lawyer. There's a ruling at the Supreme court level a few years ago that opened up the window on some of these things as it relates to Funds being available for private education that has uh, that is a Christian education, right. and then there is an understanding at a state level mm-hmm. that these funds, say the seventy five hundred that Laurie mentioned in Florida, is far less than what they're having to pay the public schools mm-hmm. per student, and so there's an economic motivation at the state legislative level. Right. To say, why don't we do this? Exactly. It's an economic uh, plus. It's yeah. a win. It's a win. And yeah. so those are things that have made the right. difference for where we are today. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this will go, Bob. I think you're right that we'll see more and more states mm-hmm. doing this. And uh, I don't know where uh, it might end. I know there are also people listening that might have some concern for the state uh Putting standards back in so that, yeah, that's what I was to that about. to the money and and I I'm not especially at a family level this idea of what might happen over the long term mm-hmm. because of what we've seen happen in in detrimental ways over the long term yeah. is almost certainly not going to be a concern at a family level because right. it's likely to be more than ten years before anything like that could happen right. and by then. Your students are educated. They're uh, they're grown. They're gone, and it it's a non-issue. Uh, we don't know how that might play out, but uh, that's the way that we're being told. Uh, uh, those kinds of concerns. That's we uh, work with are, legislators yeah, and people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who do this. Bob, what have you in the people that have been able to uh, to take advantage of this? Give us some examples of of what they have been able to do. Uh, and and we should talk after you answer that question a little bit also about the challenges that we have in dealing with, uh, at this point, 14 states uh, and that sort of thing. I'll start with um, the bad news and lead to the good news. How's that sound? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the bad news is that it's complicated. When we look at each of the 14 states, it's tough to keep track of where exactly they are. And sometimes when we've even reached out to those who are representing the states, because the states themselves are not actually talking with us. They have a third party organization who represents them and then they talk with us. So that's that's even an additional complexity. It's understandable. Um, We don't uh, we didn't expect this to turn out a different way. But when we're talking with those organizations, they sometimes will say, 
Well, today, this is what the state has told us that we can do, but we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So those conversations sometimes take some time. Uh, You alluded to this earlier on, Marlon. States are not quick movers. Um, It it takes them a while to get their wheels turning. And so we need to wait. Wild West where people are still, you know, (laughs) as I think it's been uh, said internally for us, it's a little bit like we're trying to fly an airplane while it's being built. Right. Yeah, well, that's exactly the metaphor that comes to mind. Um, and so we're working with that. Um, now on to the good news. The the families who have interacted with us have been able to purchase curriculum from us. They've been able to purchase both our self-paced and our live courses. Um, they have decided that because of the financial assistance they receive, whether it's purchasing curriculum or purchasing courses, that now all of a sudden the financial or budgetary window opens up to them to become a part of our full-time program in our school. So all of those things are possibilities. And it's not to say that the state necessarily even decides that they're going to support every one of those things that I just mentioned. But even supporting one of those things causes a family to say, well, now can we do this? Can we go at this full tilt? And there are families who have been able to make a commitment for even all of their children. Um, and actually, another another consistency that I've encountered is that many of our families have said to us when they're leveraging these funds, they've actually said, even if these funds weren't available, we would still be in your environment. We would still be wanting to leverage what you have to offer for our children. But boy, does this open up possibilities for us, and we're grateful for it. Families so who might have taken phenomenon. a class and now they're taking three, right? Yes, yes, yeah, that's good example. I, that's yeah. what I've we, seen a lot. We've of. seen that happen over and over. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the yeah, school year coming up, right? We've already started registration. It started back in the beginning of December, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if people are thinking that it's it can wait a bit, my answer is I wouldn't if I were you. Sections fill up, schedules become more difficult as sections fill up. And so you want to get in early and be able to do this in a way that you can you can schedule things the way that you'd like to as it relates to live classes. As it relates to curriculum, it's a little bit different story. And we work state by state. So once we know what's happening in your state, because you know, I talked to a woman last week and she said, well, but I'm not going to get payment on this for so many months. Well, this is a state we've worked with before. And so we have process and procedures for doing that, where we can still get you registered for classes and work with you depending upon your state. And that's why I'm saying, don't come into this saying, well, I want to have my money till July and they're registering now. And so once we know what your state does and how um, we get paid, we can, we will easily work with you. And I think you'll find that we're pretty flexible about it um, as we've worked through states. And we've had some parents that have been willing to be our guinea pigs. Well, the, yeah, the test dummies. Great. Because 14 states, 14 yeah. different ways. If right. we have 25 states in a couple of years, it'll be 25 right. different ways. But we're prepared to think yeah. through and work through processes yeah. uh, that will help benefit the families that want the education we offer. I'll also point out that while we refer to this as a new process, 
in some way, it's not our first rodeo because I remember 10 years ago where the state of Arizona had such funding available to military families. Right. Correct. And so, Ari, what you referenced in the way of uh, our waiting for payment to be made and making those kinds of arrangements, we have been doing that in a sense for the past 10 years or more. That's now true. it's just a matter of not only have the windows open further, it's like the doors are being blown open and we're seeing more of some of the same kinds of opportunities. Right. Yeah. Mm. So I hope I hope that you all find this helpful. I hope that you live in a state that uh, will allow you to benefit mm-hmm. or a state that uh, soon will allow you to benefit. Bob, talk to us about what to expect. What are some of the new things for the coming school year? Mm. We're obviously talking about the 24-25 school year with the summer classes that are offered in July and August of 2024. Yeah, starting, uh, and since you mentioned that, I'll say that first, that in summertime, uh, a few years back, we decided to expand our summer offerings. And since that time, um, It feels like it happened overnight, but we about doubled or tripled. It's somewhere between those two. The offerings that we have in Summer A and Summer B. So Summer A runs from the beginning of June to the middle of July. Summer B, the middle of July to the end of August. Those classes um, pretty universally actually have tended to fill because parents recognize that there's a lot of value in Uh, distributing the load, as it were, from an academic year's time into the summer, at least in part. Um, There are all kinds of advantages that we can talk about with summer, but that's about all that I'll say on that point. Uh, One of the more exciting things that's happened going into the 24-25 school year, uh, and, and I'm smiling here because I was going to make a bit of a joke, knowing that this conversation was coming, that we had about 50 classes that we're going to offer at what I might call international times. They're in the evening. Now, the reason that was going to become a joke is that we actually had 49 classes. But as of this morning, just a couple hours ago, we added a 50th class. And I have this strange feeling it's going to hit 75. Or 100. Yeah. Yeah, it sure could. Um, But pretty exciting to think that we've always had an international student body. That's one of the beauties of what we do here. But now it's reached a different level uh, of excitement in that we're offering these classes at times when students in uh, all of Asia, Australia, and other parts of the world are able to step into our classrooms and to not have to do so at... um, non-school hours for them and i expect that that list is only as laurie said going to continue to expand well and as we've as we've talked internally it's our dream to really be able to run a a school an online school that has classes filling the 24-hour clock if that's what uh the demand dictates we're prepared to do that there are Mm -hmm. two things that affect uh, when students uh, need classes. One is where they live, the time zone, and and that's filling a 24-hour clock, and we're prepared to do that, and we're working toward that with the 50 classes that you mentioned that Laurie suggested might grow well beyond that. 
The other is uh, if and when uh, demand makes it viable to also have a school year that starts when when many countries in the Southern Hemisphere start, and that is the January-February time frame. The traditional Western school uh, that we know in the United States starts uh, started in early September. Now we see some starting in August and that sort of thing, but we start in early September mm-hmm. still. But the idea of having a counter school yeah. year that starts in late January, early February to serve uh, the countries that tend to educate that way is something that we're interested in too. So as you uh, listeners uh, are uh, aware of this, don't be at all bashful to tell us what you would hope for, that we might figure out ways to help create the numbers that make it viable, because we're interested in doing that. Yeah. As you talk about um, another school year calendar, Australia, New Zealand, Places like that, of course, come to mind because of their calendar academically. Um, I think of it as Veritas 2.0 in a way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, going back to uh, a question that I know that some people are going to be wondering about, and that's in reference to the funding that we opened up this conversation with. I think that it's worth saying, Marlon, and I know that you'll both nod in in. Uh, enthusiastic agreement that our mission remains front and center. Mm. There's nothing changing about our mission. That's a question question that some are going to have. And I think it's worth bluntly stating that here. Oh, of course. Couldn't agree more. And let me. um, That's what uh, I was trying to say. Yeah, we're, you know, here we are uh, seeing tremendous opportunity for the mission to expand and as I've talked with uh, us internally and increasingly uh, public, we think we're on to an opportunity that was never possible before and we're ideally situated for. And that is the international student body, the online education with uh, the best teachers, uh, best collection of teachers you can imagine. We they think are. we have a world-class collection of teachers, something that can't be done in a single geographic mm-hmm. area at all. And so you have that benefit the benefit we didn't see coming with online classes, the international student uh, and the uh, cultural diversity that allows for rich uh, conversation, conversation and interaction as enhanced the education ways we never saw coming. Uh, but then the idea of, of having enough students to create density in local communities mm. for extracurricular activities. And that's an important part of education, too. I was involved in athletics. I know you were, Bob. Laurie was. And involved in drama and music. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't involved in music, but uh, others were. Uh, and those kinds of things that are very significant to a student's uh, experience. And the idea for us to be able to do that with the best education in an online world with a world-class collection of teachers while having enough density in a local area to build uh, around uh, community there is something that we're working on. We've even invested in that in our budgeting process by looking to hire a community director just to say, fill that role and to help build that. So we're looked for we're actually com- looked for an ad coming out for us to be hiring that because it's something somebody might be interested in that's <laughs> listening to this. But we think that that creates incredible opportunity Absolutely. to see our mission really take hold in ways that we never envisioned being possible 
yeah. the 20-some years ago uh, when we were first getting started. Mm. That's great. Bob, do you have any last thoughts uh, for us here? Lots of things that I could speak to as the year is coming. Of course, we plan early, which means that we plan well. Uh, we start our planning for an upcoming school year when a school year begins. So isn't it interesting that we start our classes in September, just after Labor Day, and it seems that a week will go by, and then in the second week of school, we're starting to talk about a coming year. And I think that that's the right way to do it. It's the way we've been doing it here for a while. And um, there are new classes that we're going to offer in the coming year things like biotechnology and some other interesting topics. Um, uh, I'll make mention of this too, because it's exciting since you mentioned our teachers. Um, there was a time when I held out on the horizon, this vision of having uh, such a committed group of teachers that our retention rate among our faculty would be somewhere in the 90s. I was thinking the low 90s initially, and then one day it actually hit 94%. We got pretty excited about that because it meant that we had hit a certain stride with those who had invested in what we're using curricularly and what we're doing missionally. And now going into and this I'm next year. I'm going to stop year, you and just say, because they have a great leader in you. Well, thank you. I'm I'm in a point north. You know my, uh, my routine. I do. That's but, why uh, I <laughs> But today, I can tell you that looking at this next school year, we've hit yet another another standard. Marlon, we just got to keep bumping the standard up. Um, <laughs> we're at we're at ninety six percent retention among our faculty right now. Looking into this next school year, that's yeah. now now I'm asking myself, well, now where do we go? And so I think we're going to shoot for ninety eight in the next year. When are we going to get more than a hundred? Yeah, right. <laughs> More than 100%. You know, you're better at math than I am, but I'm willing to try. Yeah, I don't think that works, actually. But I, it is, <laughs> all kidding aside, uh, it is wonderful to see the cohesion <clears throat> and commitment uh, in terms of rallying around the vision of seeing uh, us restore culture to Christ through one young heart and mind at a time. Classical Christian education being the means for doing that and uh, just remarkable things going on. Uh, folks, thank you for joining us on this uh, uh, episode of Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Mm -hmm. Feel free to call our service department uh, and ask questions if you need help understanding what's going on in your state. And our family uh, and consultants of course, uh, too. We have family consultants that you can, uh, uh, I think on our website, you can sign up for a free consult uh, for help that you might need. And they're very and thinking familiar. through things and, and they know what's going on and can help you too. So Bob, Laurie, thank you. This has been wonderful. It is so exciting to see what's going on and how we can uh, uh, follow God's lead in, in what uh, is going on and what we've set out to do. Thank you. Thanks.